Today I have uh, Ryan Stuckel here uh, from the founder of Glitch Sounds. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say from, and I was like, wait, no, wrong one. Um, <laughs> That's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how are you, Ryan? I'm good. Uh, tax is a little bit draining, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been cross exoholic twice now, and it kind of shows because I'm kind of yeah. all over the place. <laughs> what do you? Uh, you see any good games you like? Um, yeah, so there's this one game, uh, Fantasy Strike. It was yeah, yeah, you meant, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. I, it's it's funny because like we were talking like before the interview. Now it's like yeah. oh, now I'm asking the same questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, something I always like to ask people when we get started is, uh, what is your job description? That's a good question. Um, I think I'm a business owner. Okay. I, I think I'm a business. I guess I'm a CEO. That's what I am. Yeah. Like, I'm probably 10% of my work is actually sound design. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a good sound designer, and I have to be for my job, and I have to be good at a lot of things. But ultimately, yeah. like, I I think I'm a CEO for sure. Okay. Like, I don't – I I manage a lot of people. Um, I make sure that everything's in the right place, and I try to, like, look at it from, like, a overarching kind of eagle eye perspective. Um to get to that point, I kind of had to focus on. I had to focus on sound design. Uh, I had to focus on programming. I had to learn the games industry. I mm -hmm. had to be a fan of the games industry. Yeah, it was just like a lot of stuff had to be combined to like find myself in a place of like, oh, all these things combined can be its own sort of project business. Mm -hmm. And Glip Sounds was the result of that. Yeah, yeah. And so, how many people are part of this? lovely operation that we uh, call Sounds. Yeah, I, probably like, probably around eight, I would say. Mm -hmm. I mean, because there's, we have the YouTube channel, we have uh, Discord with moderators, mm -hmm. we have people that are managing, um, like Robbie, Robbie's managing yeah. uh, the the YouTube and the game audio training series, which went live. Um, what else? Um, and then while all that stuff is being managed, I'm the one that's like scaling the business. Mm -hmm. So I'm like doing my, and I think that's like the biggest CEO duty is like making sure that the business is growing while like Robbie and Mac are managing everything. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's scale it back a bit. Sure. So sure. <laughs> let's talk about um, where you first started with, I guess, musical endeavors. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, um, so my first, I was, I think I was 15. I was 14. I was 14 years old, and my one of my best friends, Zach, mm -hmm. uh, we were in high school, and there was a there were like piano rooms at the high school, and we can just anybody can just go in and play. It's like a little practice room mm -hmm. with a piano. People could play their musical instruments or do whatever. It's just a nice, quiet, isolated room. Um, so was there not like a music program or there was there okay. was yeah okay. it, it was part of that yeah okay yeah, yeah but we Zach was part of the music program at the time oh, God. and I was able to tag along with him and mm -hmm. he was just showing me some songs on piano I was like oh cool I'm gonna start neat I was just I enjoyed it I liked it a lot I was like I'm gonna keep doing this uh, played more piano more piano picked up drums eventually um, started just picking up all the instruments really and just not, not all of them like uh, but just like the basic like band ones like guitar mm -hmm. or like bass um, I know my way around pretty much any keep uh, instrument with a with keys on it, I would mm -hmm. say like my music theory knowledge is at the point where I can work my way yeah. around most instruments yeah. that don't require too much technical knowledge, like a violin or mm -hmm. cello stuff like that. But yeah, um, 
but yeah that was probably like my first musical endeavor i would say um yeah uh after after that point i kind of was like okay i'm like i i, like, I feel like i'm pretty good at this kind of stuff mm -hmm. um then my friend Liam gave me Logic Pro. He like had like an extra download on his Logic Pro Nine, and I was nice. like, "Oh, cool! This is a thing I can do." Um, and before that, I was actually making music on the game Little Big Planet. I don't know if you remember that game. Yeah. So I was making <laughs> I was making music on that game, um, and because they had like a whole like music player thing, and I yeah. was like, it was basically a DW. Yeah, those but, things are. Uh, for, sorry, go ahead. As yeah, an aside, yeah. but for for like that game to have its own like. Yeah, mini DAW was just pretty like much. insane. It I was it was so awesome. I mean, it, it had it had volume mixing. Like it was pretty okay, mm -hmm. but like it it worked. Like you can make music, and they had it's basically a VST package. It was like yes. a, it was like an it was like an <laughs> East West and Little Big Planet is what it was. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it was that that was impressive, and I I made I probably made like. 150 songs in that like i made a lot of music oh and okay yeah oh yeah i was i didn't show most of it i was mostly just like personal but mm -hmm. like i didn't have a daw at the time yeah so i was like how <laughs> so I, then like when logic came around or my friend introduced me to it i was like wait you can do this in other things <laughs> like <laughs> i was like i just like didn't even think to connect that for some yeah. reason and then my world was opened up and i had logic pro and yeah it nice. was everything was good <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess what what what, what was that uh, point in time where you're like, I want to take this seriously? Um, so like when I got Logic Pro Nine was like senior year of high school. Um, by that point, I think pretty much right when I started actually, when I like when my family got a piano, mm -hmm. we we picked one up from my uh, great grandmother's house. Um, she didn't need it anymore, and we were just like, oh, we'll we'll take it. Mm -hmm. Um, and we brought it all the back home, and I just kept playing it and. Uh, having a real instrument as I'm sure you know as it compared to like a VST or like yeah. anything like that it just skyrockets your ability and like your the the connection that your your fingers have on a piano at least to like ha to feel the weighted keys and like actually get a response from like the dynamics of like your the finger presses mm -hmm. and the weight of that yeah like it makes such a huge difference in your playing um, so I that that's when we got that piano like shortly after that i started writing songs and i was like my family and myself were just like my family was like you're pretty good at this right i was like yeah i guess so and then <laughs> i was like then we then i just went to uh decided like yeah i want to go to full sale and do music i was pretty dead set on that i was like it, it sucked because when i was when i learned that i wanted to do music at mm -hmm. uh, i think it was 15 when i like made that decision um when i was 15 i was like i had <laughs> I've never like read music or anything mm -hmm. like that, and most music schools like had that standard of like, oh, you gotta like, you gotta be able to perform it, you gotta be able to do this and that, mm -hmm. and, like you, and I didn't. Three, two or three years like, isn't enough time to for me to like really understand that. Like mm -hmm. I was still figuring myself out yeah. in the music world. So yeah, and then right around that point is when I joined Newgrounds as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so at Full Sail, what was your, uh, I guess, concentration and what, what kind of things did you learn there? Um, mostly recording and mixing, mm -hmm. mostly those things. So we got, we got a copy of Pro Tools, um, 
We also got logic, so I, <laughs> I yeah. did, they just gave it to me like six months later. So sorry for that stolen cop, not stolen copy, but uh, sorry for stealing your copy of Reaper <laughs> or uh, not Reaper. Reaper is what I use now. I, there's so many DWs. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry for sorry for stealing your copy of Logic Pro, uh, Liam. But uh, <laughs> I stole one of these downloads. But I ended up getting Logic Pro 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I still use nine because I just was used to it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, had Pro Tools 10. I uh, got pretty comfortable with that, and that's what I did for sound design. Um, and but for full sale, it was mostly focused on how to use Pro Tools, how to understand like different plugins in music mm-hmm. like eq compression uh reverb like how to use all that stuff mm-hmm. the, you were never graded on your quality they just wanted you to know it from a technical standpoint like mm-hmm. what it does yeah i guess so like oh a, a reverb has uh has a pre-delay they have a delay they have a um they have they can have like a room size and they vary from reverbs to reverb mm-hmm. and uh, compressors have gain uh, ratio. They just want to make sure you knew that stuff and like what the mathematical technical side of it does. Yeah. But you know, th- then they left the rest up to you to like figure out, like, okay, this is what a compressor does. But like, you have to feel what a compressor does, mm-hmm. and that was. So I would say it was like a technical practical sco- school that they like. They threw you in and they like. They graded you on like what your technical knowledge was. Um, past that, it was up to you, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, from that, I guess, how did you uh, kind of nudge your way into the games industry? Oh, uh, how did I do that? <laughs> I, I think it was I think it was a little Big Planet actually. That yeah, that was it was hundred percent Little Big Planet actually. Um, that was a big piece of it because I I was actually I created levels mm-hmm. on that game too and yeah i had like I, I was actually like one of like the top creators on there i had like oh. thirty thousand followers on that oh geez yeah that, it was, <laughs> yeah um my level was like one of the top rated ones for like it, it was on like the top r- top rated page for like it, it might still be up there i'm not sure but like <laughs> uh that i made a bunch of levels on that and i was like okay that's i like this these video games and then like I can make levels and I can actually it's like a creative outlet for me to build games. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like built really dumb, simple stuff in middle school on yeah. Game Maker. Never actually learned to program until like a couple of years ago, but um, the that was like kind of my introduction to game development. And then like I kind of fell into music, and then I was like, oh my god, they can both be together, and I can do video game music, <laughs> and that's kind of what happened. I would mm-hmm. say. Um, and then the whole development of Newgrounds, like that, that having its own video game and art side, and mm-hmm. like just like a creative breeding ground for all that. Um, the I everybody was needing, like uh, you remember how many posts there were on the forums for like video needing music for video games yeah. and stuff like that. Like it's just like oh they're right here. I might as well just message some of these people mm-hmm. and actually a lot of people I, I, I there were a lot of people that i messaged that were like yeah like we we like your stuff let's see how it goes yeah so it was interesting so uh how was how was that first go around that first uh quote-unquote job <laughs> uh bad uh <laughs> it, it wasn't from new crowns um the first one i got was from 
I'm not going to name any names, but it was uh, a soccer game. It was a soccer <laughs> game. I'll just say that much. Um, I was stupid and I didn't read the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted like all the rights to it. They paid me $400 for six minutes of music, I think. Mm. Something like that. Or eight minutes of music. And it was the kind of thing where they wanted basically like I didn't realize that they said that in the or no they didn't even make me sign a contract it was like a verbal thing that they said mm-hmm. and I was like yeah I'll take your word on it but like I didn't realize that they wanted that I was like wait I don't want that and then mm-hmm. they it was the game never got finished basically but, but like it um, there was a lot of like back and forth and a lot of mismanagement on my end and I like it was stupid of me but I went back on what I said and I was like I don't I don't want I don't want you to have exclusive rights mm-hmm. at this point like if they wanted to finish the game I, I I think I actually said this oh you know you know what I said I said take my music out of the game and I'll give you your $300 back yeah <laughs> that's what I, or whatever it was and I was just like they're like no we'll, we'll figure it out and I was like okay like <laughs> and I think I I think I if he had I said if he messaged me again I'm just gonna let him have it because I don't Mm-hmm. That, I think I said that like the next time in my head, but he never actually messaged me back. Okay. The game never got finished since mm-hmm. the idea was too big, as most newbie game developers do. So yeah, um, but it was a mistake on my part. But uh, for the most part, um, the I realized though that like the kind of person that the that the dev was, I did not want to work with people mm-hmm. like that because he basically said something along the lines of like. He paid me four hundred dollars, or I think it might have been three hundred. He paid me three hundred dollars. He gave me, um, yeah, he paid me three hundred dollars. I gave him six minutes of music, and he was expecting to like own the rights to it for future games and all that stuff, um, which is which is fine if like mm-hmm. that's what I said, and I yeah. did say that. So like he had every right to think that. But what crossed the line for me is when I said no. And just for anybody listening, like this is not. <laughs> What what I did was not the right thing to do, like <laughs> at all. Like it's it, it like me saying that is really dumb and immature to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you say something verbally, like just do it. It's gonna save you a lot of hassle long term. Um, I really lucked out that it didn't like affect me long term. I know something smaller, but like once you once you say something like that, it sticks. That's the mm-hmm. way it is. Um, but anyways, he said to me, I told him like, no, I don't want that. I don't want you to have the rights to my music because I I value myself more than mm-hmm. that basically than three hundred dollars for that. No, um, yeah. And he said, "Why would I pay for? Why why would I settle to pay three hundred any more than three hundred dollars for music when there's so many musicians that are just trying to make an honest living like uh, and th- he, it was basically like one of those like yeah it was a big like f you to the mm-hmm. to the um to like musicians as a whole as a whole mm-hmm. and like that and, it, and i was just like that was the point where i was like i can take out my music don't i don't i i i said i'll give you the money back that's what i said after mm-hmm. he said that yeah and he's like no it's fine and, but lots of blow up and lots mm-hmm. of mistakes on my end and things that shouldn't have been said on his end and like it's it was just honest like 
miscommunication and mm-hmm. all that. Because um, honestly, when I look back, like I didn't, I didn't remember him saying that stuff. Because mm-hmm. like, it, when you just say it over like a text chat or Skype, mm-hmm. it's just like a, a sentence or something. Yeah. Like, and like it's like, hey, like we want we want the rights to this. For an experienced Ryan, that's like, yeah, that's fine. You can have the rights. But that sentence alone is so doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like that that's like that's such a blanket word. Mm-hmm. And like if you're like actually signing a real contract, it's like you have to do so much more. Like there's so much more detail than just that. <laughs> like yeah. there's so much to talk about. Um, so, but it is kind of what it is. Um, yeah. Live and learn. Yeah. So, um, in regards to I guess. Your first job writing music where at what point did it switch to your first job doing uh, sound design yeah uh god i think about this stuff a lot um, <laughs> you're really making me go through my brain um sound design was just kind of natural because mm-hmm. i think most game developers i'm sure you might have experienced this so mm-hmm. a lot of game developers also say oh well you do music you can do sound design mm-hmm. then and i was like Sure, I can. Yeah. I couldn't, but I said I could. Um, and I That's how it goes. Pretty much. But I, I, <laughs> I fumbled my way through it, and I was able mm-hmm. to do it. Um, and I just, obviously, a lot of the gigs I did sounds for, like, I didn't take, like, it was, they weren't that serious. Mm-hmm. At the time, I took them seriously. But, yeah. like, looking back now, I'm like, okay, these were not going to be successful games by any means. But mm-hmm. great stuff to get experience yeah. on. Um, so this, I guess... The question was, how did I transition to sound design? Yeah, so like from working in uh, music composition, what 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 was your first, hopefully good experience uh, working in sound design, and how did that, or yeah, or maybe not necessarily both, but strictly sound design. That's the question. Oh, sound design alone. Yeah. Oh. Did I ever do that? I think the first. Okay, it was a game called uh, Spaceport Hope. Okay. That was, I think that, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that was the first one mm-hmm. that I did strictly sound design for. Um, sound designers aren't very abundant. Mm-hmm. And somebody posted a, this. Oh, uh, Calmeister? Oh, okay. Yeah. He did the music for it. Okay. Yeah, he did the music for it. And um, he, he made a post on Newgrounds forums and he was like, hey, we need a sound designer nobody knew sound design <laughs> and i and i was like sure sure yeah. i'll do it yeah <laughs> uh, and he uh and he's like and i showed him my uh sound design demo which was like a scene from jurassic park where i recorded like lions and tigers and stuff and it's like it's actually a good demo and he's like oh cool not you <laughs> and i was like yeah okay sweet and um you know you know how indie dev goes take mm-hmm. a royalty and then see what happens yeah rapture and just it right yeah pretty much so um that was probably my first good gig there was nothing that that gig was fun i I wasn't a very good sound designer at the Mm -hmm. time like i was i definitely would make a lot of creative different decisions Mm -hmm. if i were to redo the sounds for the game yeah um but you know um yeah this segues perfectly into what i was about to ask you which is um sound design how do you go into it right how how do how does one think about sound design and how does one get from point a 
the idea of a sound to point B, the actual sound. Are you asking me from newbie Ryan perspective, or are you asking me from like? Oh, I'm asking you from like now. Now, okay. <laughs> uh, so, how do you create a sound out of an idea that you have in your head? Yeah, you have an idea for a sound in your head. Um, experience. <laughs> I, that's unfortunately the truth. Mm-hmm. Like a hundred percent the truth. <laughs> like you have to. You have to do sound design if you're going to be a sound designer. Fair. Like you can't you can't just talk about it or think about it. You mm-hmm. actually have to do it. I I can't explain to you why I know how to make a dinosaur sound, but I know how to make a dinosaur sound. <laughs> I can tell you the layers. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that it required. I use a lion, a tiger, mm-hmm. um, an elephant, and an alligator. But like, how that's actually mixed and processed together, I can't possibly tell you. Like. I can like I could probably analyze it and figure it mm-hmm. out like these are like it's just the fact that like every single source recording is gonna be so different mm-hmm. that I have yeah and if I'm if I'm expecting somebody else to record a sound from scratch then like I don't know what you recorded I don't know what the frequency range of your alligators that you recorded are mm-hmm. I don't know what your I don't know what kind of sound the elephants made like because was it like your generic like because it's dynamic it's yeah. a sound it's 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 impossible to really like like i was talking with robbie he was asking for help on like a, a sound that we made for the blip sound youtube mm-hmm. channel he was doing uh it's not out yet but uh it was uh bayonetta side smash from yeah uh smash bros where like the arm comes out of the mm-hmm. uh the portal thing the, yeah, yeah yeah and he was like uh he, he was asking me like hey like what would you add to this and i was listening to the sound i was like i have no idea what are your layers and like I could, I couldn't tell him because like mm-hmm. I didn't know what, I didn't know what the I had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had no idea like what his layers were. Like I can listen to a sound and I can say, I can probably like break it down and like figure out like what I would do. Mm-hmm. But if he has the limitations of the, if I I'm sorry if I were if I heard a sound and I wanted to recreate it, I could probably figure out how I want to recreate it and yeah. like use my own layers. But if he already has his own recorded material that he's trying to make work. I can't help him unless I know and hear the actual layers. Gotcha. So the process is just to do it. Um, just like you can do a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. Like how do I make blood splat sounds? You, you just do a simple YouTube search and say, mm-hmm. okay, I use a watermelon. I use um, oranges. I, you can do all that stuff and just make like those kind of splatter sounds and such. Um, for somebody who's just starting, I would say start with simple sound effects. Mm-hmm. Start with like gore sound effects because that's just like you don't have to do any layering for that. Yeah, just kind of like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just foley work at that point. Yeah. Start with as much foley work as you can mm-hmm. and like really try and work your mind around like. Oh, interesting. If I if I take a balloon and I blow it up and then I rub my hand on it and I pitch it down, it sounds like an earthquake. Like there's like little stuff like that where you're like. Well, that actually works. Like, <laughs> like what what could I use for? Um, I could use. I'm trying to think of a good one that was used for like a blip sounds video. Um, oh yeah, uh, I took the sound of. Um, oh, what was it? Oh yeah, it was a. 
League of Legends, uh, Tom Kench's tongue lash sound, mm. and like yeah. his tongue like kind of like unravels. Yeah. And I needed a sound for it to unravel, so I actually took the belt I'm wearing now. I almost want to take it off and like show you the sound, but I'm not going to do that. It's <laughs> but it's a braided belt, and mm-hmm. like it makes like a cool like, oh, like, like sh- the, yeah, like a yeah. weird like crunchy kind of like a. It almost sounds like you're drawing a bow back okay. a little bit. It almost sounds like that, um, and like using your ears and I think like once you start actually recording sounds and you mm-hmm. start doing Foley work yeah, your ears perk up to things that you hear in real life and you're like oh that's that's a sound that sounds like this yeah and like if you if you put yourself in the shoes of like of a goal of I'm going to make a sound for this your limitations are already created of like okay this is this is what I can do uh, mm-hmm. this is what I um, what was I trying to say uh your limitations are already created in terms of like what to focus on. Um, it's just about narrowing your limitations even more from mm-hmm. that point. Um, just one more thing on sound design um, in that sense of like how to do it. Um, it's really important to think about sound design from a thematic standpoint if you're yeah. doing Foley work. So like if you're making um, if you're making a gore sounds like you're going to use any or blood splat sounds Mm -hmm. you're going to find something that's liquid okay you could use water but like what is blood like what what is the consistency of blood if i were to compare that to water blood and water blood is a little bit thicker so i could use say like oh well how do i thicken up water well you can you can take water borax and glue and you can like make that slime stuff and make Mm -hmm. your own like kind of designed blood sounds or like the the like slime stuff and like the whole thing uh, um, or you could take like olive oil mm-hmm. that's that'd be great like that has a way thicker consistency yeah. and you can do some really cool stuff with that oranges watermelon all those things have like a thicker consistency and mm-hmm. not only that but the more unique of a source recording that you choose the more the more unique it will be to the game you're doing it for you, if you record for example, if you record borax with glue, which I don't think is, I think it was done in like Mortal Kombat or something like that. Okay. Um, there's also something, I've already used olive oil. I don't think, I've never heard of anybody using olive oil for gore. <laughs> I, that's the first I hear of it, period. Right. Using it in sound. Right. So like if you use that though, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, my blood sounds are entirely unique. No one has ever recorded these before. Mm-hmm. These don't exist anywhere else except for just in this game it's a pretty good reason to record everything from scratch and to, I don't know. It, thinking about things thematically is just really important, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, to That, that kind of helps narrow down your focus True. in terms of for sound design. True. Um, but all this advice means nothing unless you actually do it. No, like yeah. 100% means nothing. Because <laughs> you're going to record your sounds and you're going to say, they don't sound good. And that's where like the actual design part comes mm-hmm. in you have to worry about all that stuff <laughs> um oh so when did you decide to i guess form blip sounds um i was naive and stupid and i thought it would be easy to make a sound library because i have a lot of games that i do sound for mm-hmm. and a lot of sounds don't make it into the final thing yeah and i was like oh okay well i'll just build a sound library that was the original idea and i said and i and i had a lot of actual like sound design concepts for video games that i wanted to 
record and make into actual videos for my YouTube channel. And mm. I was like, I had them for like a ye- like a couple years, and I just never did them. Um, but then I created Blip Sounds, and I was like, oh, this is the platform that I do it for. Um, I have the rewarding and punishing feedback sounds video on the Blip Sounds YouTube channel. That's like one of the first Blip Sounds YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and that's like one of the m- more popular ones actually. Um, but and I had and I had the script written out for a long, long time, and I actually got around to making it there. But the idea for Blip Sounds was educational on the YouTube side, and, and mm-hmm. that was like how I would get traffic to the site. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a sound library. Um, it was a flawed business plan because people who were learning about sound design wanted to make it themselves, yeah, and not buy sound effects, yeah. So like it, it was a little bit flawed in that sense, mm-hmm. but um, I I thought it'd be easy. I thought it was like, oh, I'm just gonna build a sound library. Like I'll just I'll just do this on the side during with all my other contract work. But I my vision for it was bigger than my my vision was it, but my vision for it was a lot bigger than I expected it to be, and I was like, oh, this is like this is actually getting me work. This is like. I'm getting a lot of views on the YouTube, or a good amount of views on the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is going great, um, and then like people are actually contacting me asking for sound effects, like custom sound design for their games yeah. and stuff. And like I was like, oh wow, this is really cool. And I was like, but the sound library is not making sales. Maybe I should like. First off, it was just th- this is where the CEO part starts to come in. Mm-hmm. I had to figure out how to grow the sound library consistently make youtube cha- videos at the same time yeah have an email list have a social media and i'm one person at this point yes so i was like oh, it's not, this is this is really hard and i <laughs> and i tried it for a while and i think most of it then for like a year or a year and a half to two years prob- probably around a year to a year and a half i spent a lot of time figuring out what blip sounds is i mm-hmm. guess um and like what what it what it is and like also teaching myself like how to program um i and then i decided to do speaking events with pax and um it just it all kind of just like grew and grew and grew and like it all just starts with an idea but like it really just blossoms into like something pretty awesome and now i can say that i'm like full-time blip sounds pretty much like i'm just doing I don't I've, I don't have a job like a part-time job mm-hmm. I'm doing audio full-time so I really can't complain too much it's awesome yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie <laughs> so um I guess it's like super quick question how how long have you felt that way of just like working full-time in audio um how do you mean how do you mean by felt oh uh, I guess like how how long have you like I guess uh, I hate to use the the, the, the term made it oh, but oh um how long has it have I like how long has it been since I made it, or like how long did I was I like trying to reach that goal? How long has it been since you've made it? I guess both, both, sure, why not? Um, I would say when Blip Sounds, I guess there's different different levels. Mm-hmm. Like when we got our first speaking gig with Pax, that was like sweet, we made it. When I got brought on to Maneater which is a game I'm mm-hmm. working on for those who don't know. Um, that was another like 
I made it. They're nice. just milestones, yeah. you know. So um, then, like, then I met uh, Nikolai Verbeza. He's the creator of Move or Die. Um, coolest guy in the whole world. Uh, he's one of my favorite game devs. I have a lot of favorite game devs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, he hooked me up with a speaking gig for Google in Vietnam. And I was like, I was like, okay, this is another, like, made it. And then <laughs> I went to Vietnam a second time, and I met James Port now mm-hmm. from Extra Credits. And I was yeah. like, and then, then I wrote a script for James, and that went out, like, a, a week or so ago. Yeah, a few and I was weeks like, ago. Yeah, and I was like, okay, another milestone. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's, it just kind of yeah. stacks, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess in that sense, I don't think I've made it then. Mm-hmm. I don't think, um, like they're just small mini goals, but like uh, it's, but it's by no means in my brain like a, we're done here. Like it's, and I I know you didn't mean it that way. And no, no, yeah, I I I guess I was trying to draw from you the the idea of never making it and just kind of like being motivated by doing more stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I see a lot of interviews of people that talk about. I mean, they're they're like crazy successful people. I can't yeah. I can't compare myself to them by any means. <laughs> but like, you see like interviewees on like uh, people who are being interviewed on like talk shows, and they're just like, mm. don't don't do what I did. Don't try and make it in the act. Like, I just got really lucky. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's that that's like the highest level. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's kind of stupid to shoot for that as well. But like, if you're just trying to be like make a living for yourself, I think it's absolutely doable. Um, I think that it's impossible to say though because I I think I think that a lot of people like you can see it at PAX for example there's a ton of games at PAX that mm-hmm. like they're good but like you know they're not going to be like successful games at the end yeah. of the day like and, and it's unfortunate to say that but like but they're trying to make it they're like really pushing and trying and like what what do they need to do they are they aware of the things that they need to fix mm-hmm. i was aware of the things i needed to fix with whoop sounds um i don't know if other people are like i i i don't know i don't know what to what advice to give on that sense mm-hmm. I, I i don't know if that's coming across clear no that that makes sense i i guess i'm what i'm what i'm getting from that is yeah. that like you're, you're always looking to improve which mm-hmm. is a fantastic yes thing. yes that's yeah that's that's 100 what it is like yeah. if you yeah, you, you, you summed it up perfectly. Like the the person, <laughs> somebody who is successful is somebody who is always willing to improve and not stop at like willing to like not not trying to stop at their uh, just like a milestone because mm-hmm. everything's a milestone, really. Yeah, like until the end of time, every spot in your life is going to be a milestone. Mm-hmm. But if you have if you have that willingness to improve, then you're looking for the mistakes. Yeah. You're like, you're like super critical of yourself and which might not be healthy, but I think it's exponential in terms of like growth. Yeah. It, it, it forms who you are. Mm-hmm. Like you, I mean, it's like building a sculpture of yourself or like of, of your life, I guess mm-hmm. you, you cut out the things that you do want, the things you, you don't want. Um, and then like you craft this thing, um, and it's just like a whole dynamic mess of like learning and growing and meeting people and mm-hmm. like cutting people out of your life and it's 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 a mess but you're you're looking for the things that are detrimental to yourself and the things that are benefiting your life 
and you try and balance those out. And then sometimes there's even things like that aren't really benefiting you as much as other things. And it's like, I can't really focus on this thing that is still benefiting me, but just not as much as this thing. Mm-hmm. So I need to cut that out. Yeah. It's, it sucks, <laughs> <laughs> but it is like a whole, whole mess of like just a lot of different things that come together to mm-hmm. create a person who this is just this is just like how I view it from like anybody's perspective who has that mindset it's like you're you're crafting yourself into somebody who's able to do anything I guess in that sense um, and you'll get there eventually you're gonna be really critical on yourself from the mm-hmm. beginning you're gonna say you're gonna have like a 99% of the things that you're gonna say are going to be really critical but then as you're like moving across that scale like you're getting a little bit like less things and a little bit less things and then over time like it's going to be exponential to where it's like okay it's like it's like way less things now than before so yeah um and i don't think anybody's ever ever reaches that like perfect spot but Mm -hmm. like i think that i think that's somewhere where it like starts to like hit that like 30 percent mark is when like you start to see results yeah i would say I don't know if that makes sense at all, but no, no, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I totally got all of that. Ah, uh, uh, it, it, it was just all it's super, super, just dense. It is concept, abstract, kind of like of just being critical of yourself and always looking to improve. Never, never getting to a spot where you feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. That that's what it is, and mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of points where I hit. Like, I think, like, a month ago, I was like, I can actually relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that felt so good. Yeah. And you need that. You need those, like, you need those times where Mm -hmm. you can, like, just enjoy what's around you. Because if you don't enjoy what's around you, then, like... What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you should enjoy what you're doing. And I think that I get some sort of high from doing, like, this kind of stuff, like, improving on myself Mm -hmm. and, like... Like, I, I can't tell you how fired, like, even, even just coming to San Antonio for PAX again and, like, getting accepted for another panel, I was, like, I, I was so hyped before I left for my flight. I was, like, <laughs> I, I was, like, just imagining what I'm going to be speaking about and, like, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I was, like, this is, this is what I want. Like, this is, this is, like, another milestone. This is, these, the moments where I'm, like, they don't come around all the time, but, like, when I get to speak at these events and I get to hang out and have the opportunity to network more and like grow myself and because it's just a huge learning experience of coming to these things alone but like i get another step closer to i mean it's not i guess it's not really a step closer because i'm not really there's i guess a step closer to the next milestone mm-hmm. is what it is yeah i get to create a new milestone and it's like okay and part of it is just like what could it be like yeah I, you, you don't know what it could be like i wasn't expecting google to want me to have do sound like speak for them like i thought that was like five years away probably but like <laughs> you meet the right people and suddenly like mm-hmm. oh there they are yeah um on a much lighter note sure because <laughs> that went down the hill but in a good way yeah yeah just, like, went way off yeah, yeah. Um, sure <laughs> so with within the structure of blip sounds how many games have you guys worked on um uh, I mean, I've myself. Mm-hmm. If you want to count that, I've probably worked on like twenty games. Yeah. Um, Blip Sounds, like games that Blip Sounds has gotten gigs on. Um, 
Wow. Uh, actually, like eight. Nice. Like, so I might be, I might have worked on more than twenty games at this point mm-hmm. then, but like, uh, yeah, eight. That's a lot. That, that's like, <laughs> I, 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 nobody. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, eight. Probably eight. Uh, man eater, king of the hat. Uh, last tide. Depth. Um, there was, and then there was like a couple of like other smaller games that mm-hmm. I worked on that, like are, those were the ones that like initially contacted me when I started the yeah. YouTube channel and they wanted some small stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do this and that. Sure. And, but yeah, probably around eight. Yeah. Um, I saw some flashing was. Yeah, I, I saw I saw flashing too, and I'm like, um, what's going on? <laughs> uh, so uh, I I think we've gotten to the point in the conversation where I ask you something. Okay. Um. And so, not necessarily what's your pet peeve, but what what is something that you have you hold a strong opinion about? Okay. Um, are you looking for something specific here? Uh, no, nothing. I, honestly, just something within, I guess, the realm of this work that you hold. Oh, oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's easy. Uh, <laughs> I, I was like, what could it? Oh, <laughs> duh. The fact that people don't think they need sound design for their game. Mm-hmm. It boggles my mind mm. until today actually like literally today on the show floor I realized why people don't care about sound design and it's because the rest of their game isn't good yet because you and I were talking on the way I don't mm. know if you remember we, I was saying audio is a supporting role strictly yeah. um, audio is a supporting role and it can make a good game uh, it, can make a, it can make a great game amazing but it can make a great game terrible as well Mm -hmm. if you have bad sounds it's just it just ruins it the experience but if you also have but if you also have a terrible game you can't make it good suddenly with audio yeah so you see like what needs to be done first Mm -hmm. the priority is making sure the game is as good as it can be but once the game is as good as it can be i think and, and that's the realization i had the majority of people make bad games right now I, I hate to say it but like it's so true i mean y- y- you have a point because it's like there's only so many good games that can like be at the top of the thing it's, it's right a, it's a pyramid 100 percent. yeah, 100%, yeah. yeah. It, it's a pyramid and the people at the top have amazing games mm-hmm. and they can focus on like make sure that they have good audio yeah because people and then people at the bottom are like I would say like the top twenty percent of games. Maybe, maybe that's being generous. The top twenty percent of games. No, I would say that actually, because even like amazing games aren't like there are amazing games out there who that like just aren't successful. Mm-hmm. Like surprisingly, so like once you hit that twenty percent mark is when like you should start focusing on audio for games mm-hmm. or like making sure your audio is good. Um, but I think that regardless, if you're and like that first 80% of people that need good audio in their games mm-hmm. or that, that don't need that they need to focus on like making the game good yeah. first. Cause I mean, it's a matter of priorities. Like if my game isn't good, yeah, good audio isn't going to fix it. <laughs> but <laughs> like, true. but if you have, if you have a great game and bad audio, good audio is going to fix it. Yeah. So if I'm making, but what happens when you get to that, past that 80% mark and you're mm-hmm. into the like that 20% of people that are games that can be successful well crap I've never done I've never worked with the sound designer before I've never like prioritized it I'm just gonna use 
crappy audio. Stock stuff. Stock stuff. And yeah. Yeah, you can get by with that, but like, how good is it really going to be? Mm-hmm. Like, is it, like you, you don't have the experience of the uh, working with audio before that point. So like working with audio as soon as you can actually in my mind it's like it's a no brainer to still despite me like having that realization mm-hmm. today like yeah. I it still makes so much sense to make sure that you focus on good audio because you're gonna need it at some point down your, the path of mm-hmm. doing sound design yeah or uh, making games rather so uh, that would probably be my biggest pet peeve though um, I, I I guess that still is kind of my pet peeve. Um, it doesn't really bother me. I guess, like after thinking about it today, it doesn't really bother me as much anymore, though. Mm-hmm. And that really sucks. That I mean, I'm glad that I had the realization for this interview, but like, <laughs> I, I, it also sucks that I don't have a better, like, a new pet peeve because I want one to figure out. Yeah. Um, but it it makes sense to me now. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's why. And it's like, mm-hmm. it, it it just makes sense that they don't need they don't need good audio right now. True. So. True. Um. Now I just hand it off to you. What do you want to say? What do What do you want to? Oh, uh, is this like the end of the interview thing? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Uh, sweet. Uh, am I plugging stuff or is it like uh, am I trying to like reach an amount of people? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, sure. Both. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, audio in games is something that's like kind of impossible to describe. Um, it kind of gives a sensation of like th- this is something that I just like like to say because I don't think that many people realize it mm-hmm. but audio in games is like audio is the only thing in your game that exists in the real world if you take a game like Breath of the Wild the Zelda Breath of the Wild um, the only thing that exists in that game that comes from the real world like physically recorded is audio like physically created everything else was made by a computer in some to some degree and if you want to be able to make something that's truly relatable and something that a player for your game can truly understand then you need to have then you can craft your audio in a specific way to give give an understanding for what the game is um, or what what the player is interacting with you can you can have an 8-bit game and you can have just a character running across a screen and you can have you can make wet footstep sounds and they instantly know that they are walking on something wet yeah like instantly you don't even have to have the art for it but they know that right away um and that kind of you can have art for that sure like you can have art for the rain you can have puddles and all that but the art the audio is the thing that connects the art to the audio uh, the art the game feel and art to the player's brain like it's like that instant feedback satisfaction kind of thing um but yeah that, that's something i just like to say to most people who are listening because audio is really important for games uh otherwise uh come check out blip sounds uh <laughs> god that thing was really annoying <laughs> i was like did you want me to stop for that or oh no no, no. no i mean you, you can oh, cool okay uh so yeah check out come check out blip sounds uh blip sounds is a uh we do we have a lot of youtube videos where we teach about game audio uh and we give we're putting out a couple of videos on like gear soon and like just like what what gear you should buy at different yeah. budget points um and we have a discord channel a community of sound designers and we're 
getting ready to put out a pretty big like game audio uh we have this thing called the game audio training series which is just a a game audio video every week basically Mm -hmm. um, like 15 minutes long about uh we did an interview with craig barnes who's a sound designer for uh hat and time uh uh streets of rogue a couple other games um but we're developing developing that into an actual program where sound designers can get experience working with real game developers with yeah. Wise and FBOD, um, and we're like connecting the sound designers and like we're also the platform to learn about it as well. So like they can, it's basically like a, a tighter community on mm-hmm. a subscription basis where they pay a certain amount a month, mm-hmm. um, and they can basically come on and say and like just make a contribution to a video game and get a portfolio piece at the end of it yeah. uh, with their experience. Um, so. Yeah, that's coming out soon, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, but yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, thanks for having for, me. Uh, Appreciate it. Talking for however long. How 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 long is this? It's two ten now. Oh, about an, about an hour. Hour and some change. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, sick. Yeah, well, it was a lot, lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, it's gonna be fun next few days in Pax <laughs> Pax Land. It's probably good that we got this out of the way at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. I'm already <laughs> a little tired. And, yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs>